Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Seahawks fans, welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down again with Mr. Keith Myers. Keith, welcome into the show, our third show this week. Man, that hasn't happened very often in the last five years, but uh, it's going to happen every week from now on. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely new for us, but yeah, we're back. Um, although I will say you forgot something. Here. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's almost like Star Wars. Yeah. That thing just kind of hits you upside the gotta head. Gotta have our, gotta use that, uh, the new intro. That looks fantastic. So, um, it's funny. Uh, just so you know, in post production, I can actually add that to the front of the show, not after 20 seconds. Oh, but well, it was awesome that you did that live. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, in the I'm middle. so glad that I am. Um, you know, You're excited. That, what, you know, whatever. It's, it's, <laughs> it's hard to hold you back. <laughs> so let's um let's jump into content because thirty minutes goes by quick. Yeah. That's what we learned um earlier this week. Well, so. I I we do have a nice little backdrop now that I kind of spent a little bit of time with, and it needs a little fine tuning. You can see that things are are off just a little bit, but it was pretty good for a first guess because that's all I really did. Um, yeah. So this show, the primary focus part of the show, is going to be on previewing the upcoming game. We've got a third preseason game, the third and final preseason game uh, this year. Uh, we are likely to see some starters. We'll talk about that in a few minutes up front. Um, just had a few things to cover. Um, heard that Mike Holmgren and Matt Hasselbeck, Matt Hasselbeck are going to be in the ring of honor. About um, time. And I noticed I'm not taking anything away from those guys. Cause I think it's awesome. But uh, Sean Alexander and a guy like Steve Hutchinson aren't up there yet either are any are either of those two likely to land there at some I'm point super sean alexander hasn't hit already um hutchinson i thought the team already did honor him with some stuff and 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 that kind of stuff <laughs> they gave him a towel and a mouse pad i mean what what stuff i don't remember i remember that but there was um before he got um his hall of fame stuff going in like he they basically made their yes. piece after the poison pill stuff. And I, I thought he was going into the ring of honor. Um, I'm so over the poison pill. Yeah. I don't even I, care. You know, it is, it's a if football is a business at the end of the day and they made a business decision. I, I'm not going to hate them for that. Yeah. As a player, man, when Walter Jones and Hutchinson were over there on the left side, it was the best tandem in, in the business and I enjoyed it. And that's what I remember. Yeah. That's the way I choose to do it. Some people are going to hold that grudge forever. That's just not me. But Mike Holmgren and Matt Hasselbeck in there. Um, finally, you're seeing, you know, them join Walter Jones in that era, you know, between 2000, 2010, uh, that now is, is being recognized up there. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, great. Um, um, like I said, it's way overdue, way overdue for both of them. I get with uh, Holmgren because he was with the Browns and, you know, he was doing stuff with other teams and, and whatnot, they were a little reluctant, but why isn't Hasselbeck in there? Like, why wasn't he in there five years ago? Uh, it make, makes no sense to me. So the, the weirdest thing in Seahawks land happened this week. We signed 
Luke Wilson, and the very next day, Luke Wilson retires. Um, what was going on there? A uh, heart problem um, that I think came up in his physical. He's like having some heart issues, and he's like, you know what? I'm walking away. Yeah, so. I mean, he gave some other reasons attached to that, um, but yeah. I, you know, all you can do is feel for the guy a little bit, kind of came back and then realized that maybe this just wasn't, yeah, you know, a good fit for him and decided to move on. In the meantime, then Seattle signed another tight end, Ian Bunting, mm-hmm. a six foot seven, 255 pound guy. doesn't have a tremendous amount of production in college was recently released by the Cardinals. And, and that could actually give us a clue as to actually why they signed him um, this time of the year sometimes transitions or transactions take place because of where they come from. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily because the, they think that the players going to stick long-term and uh, he may be able to provide some valuable information uh, about the Cardinals and what they're doing in camp. That's actually not why um, I think they signed this guy. Really? No. You think that he's got like some upside? No, not at all. I think they signed him <laughs> because um, uh, Colby Parkinson is uh, banged up a little bit. And mm-hmm. uh, Bunting is also six foot seven. And so what it will do is it will allow Wilson to continue to work with that giant yeah, tight end, I did of, think about tar- that. giant target of a tight end in the red zone and some of those things. So Wilson can continue to get some practice and reps, even if Parkinson isn't out there and healthy. So I just think it's kind of interesting how they, they go from making a decision to bring Wilson back who fits a certain prototype. And then they turn the next day and bring in a completely different type of body in the same yeah. basic position. So I think it, but it comes down to, to me, it's you bring in Wilson because you know who he is and you know what he brings and you know um, what he'll bring you to practice. But then when that doesn't happen, you're like, okay, well what's left? you know what, we're bringing someone in because Parkinson's hurt. Let's bring in a, a cardboard standee of uh, Colby Parkinson, and we'll just use that. Um, and I think that's what we've got here. So um, I thought I'd just kind of do a free-range segment on this whole game preview thing um, because I really didn't come in with a lot of information. In fact, zero information, really, on the <laughs> Chargers um, that are going to be visiting the Seahawks on Saturday. Uh, but this is probably the game out of the three that everyone should be somewhat interested in watching. It's the only one uh, given the, the starters might play. That, that, that they might play now. I'm okay, and I think most people are, with if Russell Wilson doesn't take a snap in this game. With uh, Dwayne Brown still sitting out, they're still trying to work that out. I understand they're talking a little bit. Um, it seemed like Condotta was leaning towards a slight bump to um, to kind of appease him this year, but no long-term deal is Mm -hmm. in the making. Um, That seems to make the most sense to me too. Let's see if we can get him on the field, get him to play this year and figure it out. Yeah. In the offseason. I mean, if if they can do that, whatever they can do to get him on the field and playing and happy and, and that's fine. Um, Wilson, Russell Wilson is wants Brown to be given an extension. And if they don't give him an extension and they let him play at the end of the year and then don't, give them an extension in the off season, they better have a plan for a, a high replacement, a value. high end yeah. left tackle yeah. um, for next year or, and they don't have a first round pick. Yeah. So they, they've got to have something going on. I just, I think this is a, a bad play on the team's part. I get why they do it. He's 36. He has 
had some injuries in the past, um, but he still played at a really high level and played all 16 games last year. And I would, I would, I would put the money out there. I just wouldn't put the guarantees out there. So I would, I would wait on the guarantees. So a lot of times guarantees kick in in the off season mm -hmm. after the new league starts um, in March, like five days after the league year starts, the guarantees kick in on the contract. I might delay that. So I would put the, the money in there, put the contract there. Everyone's in agreement, but I might put that into April. Yeah. See, I, if I was him, I would find out what's going on in the draft and find out if you're ready to move on. If you're not, let those guarantees kick in. Everyone's happy. If you're ready to move on, then you, you're able to have an out. Yeah. But the, he won't sign that because you don't want to be the guy that it's publicly, at least it saves face. A little you bit. don't want to be the guy that gets cut in April because all the money um, in free agency is gone. All the teams have spent spent the majority of stuff. So if you're out, out there, you know, hoping for 12, 13 yeah, million a year, not, you're not going to get it. He's not going to be a guy that's going to be in heavy demand in, in March. Do you think? Or maybe, maybe. Uh, he was one of the top left tackles last he, year. I don't, but, but the same thing that the, the Seahawks are facing, uh, other teams are facing the same sort of questions. And so if that were true, why do the Seahawks seem so eager in leaving themselves an out um, and moving on from Dwayne Brown when your, your quarterback's asking for an extension, Dwayne's asking for an extension, it makes sense to us for a lot of different reasons. Why isn't it making much sense to John Schneider? I just think he's, he's trying to be careful after the Cam Chancellor um, guarantees just handcuff the team for three years. Uh, and so they're trying to... It, they want to wait till the end of the year. They're going to see where the market's at and figure out like, okay, because if, if his market is at 15 million a year, well, that's the asking price. And you're like, ouch. Um, but if, what if his market comes in at 9 million a year? You know, okay, we can do that. You know what I mean? So it's for them, it's, it's more of just slow playing things. Let's see, let's see what the market develops as, and then, then deal with it. Let's see if he comes in. Yeah. I mean, that's really what they're probably doing is yeah. if he's going to come in, then why give him the money? Um, let's talk about players today. I was just thinking that we could just kind of go through some stuff. We're going to talk about the game, what we want to see, but really it's about the players. Um, we haven't seen a lot of great team uh, offense or team defense this preseason. We've been really kind of focused on players individual performances, all that kind of stuff, just so that we can take something away positive from these outings. Um, what are you expecting overall as far as how the team performs first before we get into just individual performances? I don't know. For two straight weeks, you've asked me that question, and I said, what am I expecting? What do I want to see? I want to see the offense be efficient, tempo, you know, execution, and they've done none of that for two weeks. You know what? I don't know what to expect. Um, what do I want to see? I want to see that. I want to see Russell Wilson take some snaps. I know that people are like, mm, let's not get him hurt. Let's not let's not do that. But I want to see him actually out there at full speed against a defense. Um, not, you know, other guys that can't hit him because he's wearing a red shirt. But, um, you know, in game situation, I want to see him get some reps at that speed. Um in the new offense and have it work. I want to have it click. He doesn't have to be out there for a half or whatever. Give him a series, maybe two, then get him off there. But I need, to, I want to see it. 
Um, I want to see the offensive line um, provide him some time. I want to see the offensive line open some holes. I want to see Rashad Penny actually do what things that we've been waiting for Rashad Penny to do now for three and a half years. Um, get outside the, you know, outside the tackle and, and get up field or use that speed, get some yards. Um, let's talk, let's stop you yeah. right there. Let's talk about the offensive line. Let's talk about Rashad Penny. So let's talk about Penny first. Let's talk about what, what is going on there. So this is his make or break. Year. It is. He's not going to be under contract next year. The team declined his fifth year option. He's playing for life in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he hasn't been able to stay healthy enough this preseason, this training camp, to get many reps, nothing really with the offense so far in the two preseason games. And and there's questions as to whether he's going to be healthy enough to even see any action in this game. So what is he actually on the bubble? Like, are we talking about a player that we could actually end up cutting or trying to trade for some sort of conditional seventh round pick in 2023? I don't think they'd trade him for a conditional seventh round pick in 2023. Um, just simply because. So they'd keep him on the roster. I think because. I think they they keep him on the roster because they know that. Okay. He might not be ready, but you're going to, if you're going to keep a fourth running back, he's more talented than any of the other guys you would keep. Uh, instead of would him. you would you put him on your injured reserve list to bring back later? No, I it depends. I mean, if he's gonna if it's gonna be a month, sure, because then you can bring him back after after week six. But if he's you know okay, he's he's gonna be ready to go week two, or maybe he'll be ready to go week one on on a snap count. You know what I mean? It's not that you know a, a limited. Bring him in. You know, let keep him around. Um, I wouldn't trade him for you know, a bag of footballs, which is what you were suggesting. Um, but if the Steelers come knocking and they say, Hey, we'll give you a fourth round pick for him," or probably then we'll get that. We'll give you a fifth round pick for him, or we'll give you a fourth and you give us a, him and a sixth. Uh, I would, they, they might take it. Just, he just hasn't shown what we want him to show this uh, training camp and the preseason so far. Now he might come out, if he is healthy enough to play, he might come out and have a big game um, and, and, you know, put all that away. But honestly, DJ Dallas has been the more explosive player. He's been the more exciting player. He's quite frankly, just been the more interesting player um, out of the two of them. So I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I, you know, I just, I feel bad for him. I'm not trying to harp on him or make him feel awful it it is what it is it's unfortunate you know it's it's one of those deals where when you really take a look at the running back room heading into the off season and then heading into training camp he was kind of penciled in to be the number two guy and i just don't even know if that's that's where he's at like where does the team actually view him um or or are they seeing dallas more in that role i understand homer's come back and he's put on considerable weight so that he can be more physical as a runner. Now I'd like to see that. Yeah, we'll see. see what that looks like. He, but the reports are that that it's significant, and that's where he's that's that's the role he's trying to put himself into. Yeah, he's trying to put himself into that. But um, his the reason why he is has stuck around hasn't has been because of his 
quickness, agility, um, able to win, you know, get open in, in uh, pass routes, you put on a bunch of weight in order to try and be more physical as a runner and you lose all of the thing that was keeping you. You didn't here have anyway. that to begin with, Keith. You gotta you gotta admit to me right this very second that he has no, not looked anywhere near DJ Dallas as far as agility, quickness. Oh no, not at all. And speed. No. Like he he we drafted him like that. That's why we drafted him. But he's never shown me that. Like actually on the field, he plays way slower than than he should for given his size. Yeah, I mean. That is who he is. Um, he hasn't shown it. He also hasn't played much. Um, he had a little, you know, his rookie season, he had a game and a half where he was played a bunch and it looked okay at times, mm-hmm. as long as you didn't ask him to run up the middle um, ever. And okay, fine. But him putting on weight so he can run up the middle takes away all the things that he does well. And I just, I don't think it's a good move for him. I think you're you're taking away your strengths without guaranteeing that you're adding new ones. No player does that to their own body in the NFL. That that's a request. Like somebody asked him to put that weight on. Or he came with that weight without somebody's permission and they're probably working his ass off to try to get it off. <laughs> so one of those two has to be true, yeah. right? Okay, let's stay with the offense. Let's go to that offensive line. You just mentioned that. I'll mention a couple other players I'd like to see as well. Um, I'm I'm really interested in kind of focusing on this Jake Kern guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been lining up at right tackle. He's got rave reviews. I kind of want to see him in an extended look in this game. I think he'll probably get it. He should. Um, he, he'll probably get uh, at least the entire second half at right tackle um, because, well, there's not really anyone behind him anymore. I mean, they don't need to get um, you know, Tommy champion reps there. He's not making the team. So yeah, let, let Jake Kern go. Cause I want to see if Abu is going to be hurt, right? He's, he was set to be your swing tackle or he was going to win the right tackle job on his own. And then it was going to be yes. shell was the swing swing tackle. So you're going to have your three, your, you know, your two starters, your swing tackle, and then stone forth uh, Forsyth on the yeah. roster. And that was going to be it um, without the swing tackle because Abu he's been hurt. Now you're looking at keeping a right tackle and a left tackle that are separate for backups. So you're looking at F- Forsyth on one end, who's going to be the right tackle backup. And right now it looks like it's going to be Jake Curran. So, um, and that's interesting because he's actually done really yeah. well this preseason. Surprising. I'm not so. exactly sure where Abu is uh, with, with, his health, but I would imagine the team still probably sees him as the viable option there as well. I, and I, I'd love to see shell out there. So you kind of see a a direct comparison between the two. Mm -hmm. Now I know the second half, you're going to have less starters and so forth uh, with Curran, but nonetheless, it'd be nice to kind of see that. And then of course, stone Forsyth, And then we'll, we should see a little bit of Ethan Posick for the first time this off season. I want to see that. I'm curious about that just because I'm unsure about the center position. Coach Carroll believes in this guy, Kyle Fuller, as being the primary backup there. And um, I, don't, I just have my doubt. I haven't seen it yet. I, I, I'm, yeah. He's been in there playing with the starters because Posick's been hurt. And honestly, it hasn't looked good. It really hasn't looked good. Um, and, you know, they moved Phil Haynes to center uh, 
partly because Posick was out and they, you know, you need more centers than just Fuller. But, you know, when Haynes was playing in center, he, that looked better. Um, and he's a natural guard. So, um, yeah, honestly, I I am very curious to see what it looks like with Posick in there. Um, I'd like to see Haynes get more run at the center position to see if he can he can push Fuller off the roster because I just have not been impressed with Fuller uh, up to this point. So sticking with the offensive side of the ball before we transition over to the defense, I just wanted to list out a few playmakers that I'm interested in and see what your take is. Maybe you have another couple uh, on your own list. But D. Eskridge has been practicing for the first time mm-hmm. this entire uh, preseason. In fact, this entire offseason. He's in shape now. They put him out there. He's ready to go full speed. Apparently, he's made some pretty splashy catches uh, in practice the last couple of days. I'd like to see him out there just because I want to see him out there. You know, yeah. it's our, our, our first pick in the draft in the second round uh, this last spring. We haven't had a chance to, to look at him at all. So I'm pretty excited about that. In addition, I'm wondering if Will Disley and Gerald Everett get any action in this game, Chris Carson. And then, of course, I want to see DJ, DJ Dallas see if he continues to build the momentum he's kind of already started. Yeah. I mean, um, yes, on all of those. So that's Eskridge is, he is so electric in his athleticism and stuff that he can do and um, getting him out there. Finally get letting him, letting us get excited for all the cool things he can do is just a really good idea. Um, Entirely just because it'll be entertaining for me. And that's all I care about. Um, And so especially in a preseason game, yeah. yeah, just give him like five snaps and have him be involved in three of those and then take him. Yeah. Um, don't, don't want to hurt that toe <laughs> again. Cause exactly. yeah, we don't want to deal with that, but, um, or anything. No, he has a chance to be just, he has a chance to be golden tape again. Um, uh, a guy that you get the ball into his hands and he just does things. You don't expect a guy his size to do and gains yards that you didn't wouldn't weren't expecting. Um, he's just electric with the ball ball in his hands, and I think that um, I'm just ready to watch that. Um, as far as like you know, uh, I would love to see you know other starters. I, I don't think feel like I need to see Everett or Disley. I know who they are. I think they know who they are. I think the team knows who they are. Um, I mean, it would be fun to see them, but it's a preseason game, so. They're, they're, Are you worried at all about continuity or um, just playing together? Um, I mean, against competition, just to if Wilson, just, if, just to feel it out. A if bit. Russell Wilson's going to play, I'd like to see them in there just because he needs to be getting reps with the guys he's going to be throwing to um, when the games count, mm-hmm. and also because I want Will Disley in there helping protect Wilson because Disley's a damn good blocker, um, yeah. and yeah, Wilson needs that. So. Um, but no, I mean, as soon as Wilson comes out, if those guys come out, I'm okay with that. Um, but I want to see Rashad Penny, if he's healthy enough to play, and DJ Dallas fighting it out for that number two spot. Because honestly, DJ Dallas has looked so electric in kick returns, catching the ball out of the backfield. He's looked pretty good in blitz pickup situations. He's done everything the team's asked of him. I've really, I'm actually really pleasantly surprised. Last year, I thought, well, you know, he just didn't seem to have that elite agility, any any top end speed or pull away speed last year, you know. But this year, 
It he certainly seems does. like it's jumping off the yeah. page. This is more yeah. of what I was expecting um, for him from him last year because his tape is limited college tape. Uh, he looked like a guy that just fits Seattle. I mean, he's got that that agility, but then will plant his foot, turn it into power, and go through a linebacker. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, this is a Pete Carroll guy, and we didn't see it. He had a, had some opportunities last year, and it just it just never showed up. But it has showed up in camp really strongly, and we've seen it the first two preseason games. Um, I'm I'm excited to see what he does this year. I think he's going to be fun, and he's he's not going to get a, a ton of carries. Chris Carson's still the guy. Rashad Penny is going to get his too. Um, you know, Dallas is the third down back, the third overall back, um, but he's still going to be fun. And honestly, I'm okay. Well, I tell you, and 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 those plays that are designed for those guys uh, out of the backfield by Shane Waldron are going to be dynamic. They're just going to be fun. Let's go to the defense. Um, let's keep this thing going. Tell me what you're thinking defensively. Who you'd like to see? Who do you want to 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 hold up to your um, to your confirmations, your your pre confirmations? Like, and and who are you not expecting to see? in today's game how about like jamal adams are you expecting to see jamal adams out there for a few plays i'm actually not um especially after ryan neal got hurt you think oh well maybe that means they're going to play him because they need another body but they don't want to go into week one with adams and neal both banged up um and so i'm i'm not not expecting to see see jamal adams um what i'm looking forward to seeing is is are all up front um, I want to. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. My my list is dominated by guys. It's front. Alton Robinson and Rasheem Green. I want to see those two guys come up and do the things <laughs> they did last week because Rasheem Green has flipped the script um, mm-hmm. because he was the guy that looked like on the outside looking in, um, and he's been one of the better defensive linemen. Um, I wrote case. down L.J. Collier and Rasheem Green for the same reason, only that they play the exact same position, yes, and I want to see what's going on with LJ Collier because yeah. I'm just not seeing anything. I'm hearing all sorts of good stuff about green is Collier's job on the line. I don't think so. Look at what Collier did last year. Um, no, I, I get it, but I understand that he's all he's done this year is tried to bull rush so far and that he's just getting repelled because he doesn't have anything else. And he's kind of trying to work it out from the inside. Um, and, and um, Ken Norton came out in a news conference and said, yeah, those two guys in particular are going to need to stand out on the inside because they're not going to get any reps on the outside mm-hmm. because that that position is crowded. That's a direct quote yeah. from. And North. so, I mean, I'm uh, I'm all with you on on that. I mean, that's that is the because so last year Collier looked good, but he looked good at the five tech um, spot where he could, you know, have that edge and and you know that kind of stuff. Now they're asking him to move inside at the, to the three tech and and get the job done there, and it's just not looking as good as we'd like it to um rasheem green we know is a he's just a more twitchy athlete um not nearly mm-hmm. doesn't have the functional like strength of collier because collier is just he's a really stout player um yeah, but he's right. you know green's quicker and um a little bit more dynamic and honestly if they're looking for a guy to be a run stuffer type of thing um you know collier can get that job done but he doesn't look like he's gonna do much again as a pass rusher in there and if green can 
Green's going to get the snaps. How about a couple of the bubble guys? Like Hewitt, Jared Hewitt, undrafted defensive tackle, and Robert Kemdichie. Like, there was some early hope about Robert Kemdichie, and now he's he's one of those guys that's really just at the end of that roster trying to make yeah, he, trying to make a spot on that. He, on that he's line. a bubble guy. Um, I have, I mean, has he done enough to make the roster? I, I don't know. Um, especially with some of the younger guys, um, like Hewitt, you know, playing pretty well at times. I mean, granted, he's playing against third stringers, and so, you know, you put him against starters, and he may just not show up at all. But, um, you know, what's Kim G- Kim Diche shown other than, you know, we remember that he was a first round pick a few years ago, but he hasn't really shown much. Um, and it, and so yeah, I mean. He's got to come out and play. He he's got the talent. He's got the physical skills. Come out and play. Earn that spot. No one's going to give it to you, dude. Um, earn your spot on the on this roster. Couple other guys I'm curious about, and then I'm in, curious kind of about the entire defensive back room. But Daryl Taylor, Marquise Blair, are they going to get a run in this game at all? And if so, what would you be looking for with those two players? Um. I think yes, they're going to. I mean, these are young players that need reps, and so they're. Going you know to where play. Blair's at? As far, I mean, is he getting practice time? Yeah. right now, and he is. Um, but and I, they're, they should both be playing, and um, they they're just young players that are getting used to their position, um, and they need the reps. So I'd I'd play him, uh, Daryl Taylor especially. Like, yeah, he's the strong side linebacker, but he's really a pass rusher. And he's a strong side linebacker only against, you know, the run, hopefully. Um, and so they need to get him reps as a linebacker and maybe play in the base more than you normally would just to get him more reps there because he just, he's new to, to the linebacker position. He was a defensive end. And so getting him some more uh, reps where he's learning his cues and, and reads from, from, off the line of scrimmage a little bit, I think will be important. So I, I'd love to see them do that for him. Um, and then for Blair, like just use him in his role. Um, is he going to be an outside corner? Is he going to be a slot corner? Is he going to be a strong safety? Is he going to be a free safety? Um, is he as physical as he had, had been in the past? And is he sticky in coverage? Yeah. Um, just yeah. go. He can do all of the things. So if you're going to ask him to do all the things, let him do all the things. And uh, yeah, you can't protect him forever. You kind of have to just go out and, and be the guy you're going to be. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's a tough, and it's a tough business, but you, you've got to be able to show it on the field. You just can't theoretically do it in practice. Okay. Defensive backs. And then we'll wrap this thing up for this week. Um, we got a new guy. We got a few old guys. We got some uh, guys that are on the bubble. Um, has this roster on the back end been decided and this game is just a formality or is there anybody here fighting for a, a spot? Oh, there's guys fighting for spots, especially with um, recent injuries. And so you know that with Ben Burkhoven's injury, there might be a, an extra slot for someone who can perform on special teams. And it, they may be a safety, maybe they're a linebacker, um, I mean, he, and maybe a corner. Yeah. Cause yeah. Ber- was a, was a linebacker, but he was mostly a special teams guy. 
And with his injury, uh, now there's there's an open roster spot for a special teams guy. And so, you know, if a guy like Sutherland and on the back end or um, uh, Thompson can, you know, show they can do some special team stuff, they can make a roster that uh, they wouldn't have made otherwise. And so they're really like, uh, like him Williams as well. Yeah. And he's a, he's a safety guy, mm-hmm. but he's, you know, 5'11", 220 pounds. So he's almost that Ben Burkirvan size yeah. in, in a sense. Um, and if he can play special teams, maybe they would opt for somebody like that could give them a little bit of steam diversity. I don't know. Yeah. I and to where they're at with those back end guys. So they're looking, I mean, that that's, that's the kind of thing. It, I think a lot of it's decided, you know, that, um, you know, Reed and Amadi and Blair and Adams and Diggs and Witherspoon and, uh, Trey Flowers Trey, and Demarius Randall. I mean, there's a lot of guys. I wouldn't put Demarius Randall as a lock, but Trey Flowers, yeah. Really? They love him. Uh, I haven't seen enough from him to show me that he has earned a spot. I, he's a he's a bubble guy. I think he will make it, but I think he's on the bubble. Um, and yeah, I mean, a lot of that's decided. I didn't say Ryan Neal in that list, and I should have. Um, but there's room for another guy or two, especially with, you know, with the injuries that we had. Although before we get out of here, cause we're, we're right up against the clock, but uh, that Ben Burkirvan injury might have opened the door for KJ, Wright. And um, I read a thing saying that Brock Heward's actually saying that it looks like that's, it, that may be what spurred spurs the Seahawks into um, pulling the trigger and bring, bringing KJ right back. So, um, we'll see. That would be fun. I'd love to have him back. In that would be fun. I wouldn't mind that. It's, and it's not going to cost very much. No. And I think it'd be a goodwill uh, thing for the, for the team and, um, any, and, and help great good, from a skill perspective, good player, great Seahawk, very solid locker room guy. There's no, there's no downside. Bring him in. I love having this clock. We've got a clock. I don't know if everyone else can see it, but we've got a clock internally on our in our broadcast studio that that's helping us stay on task. I actually love it, uh, just because both of us can see it. And so um, I think we talk faster because we're like, oh my god, we got to get through stuff. We're excited. <gasps> yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the energy levels picked up, and yeah, you know, I'm having a margarita, not a coffee. So um, let's talk about the schedule coming up really quick. We've got couple of great shows after this game there's a two-week gap like there's a built-in bye week mm-hmm. before the first week it's of weird. the season it is weird but it gives us an opportunity to to squeeze in two shows uh that, that are some of our favorite shows of the year into this two week we're, we're doing six total shows during those two weeks but two of those shows are going to be pretty fun we're doing the um roster prediction show fifth annual roster prediction we may end up having to do that over two. Yeah, that, shows. that usually is a long show, so we'll we'll see yeah. how that goes. Maybe we'll do off or, or we'll weekends. cut it into one show, and then we'll do a second show uh, after that. And then uh, the annual season prediction show is going to be in there. Where we go at, game, at by game, well. game by game, game by game, game by game. I don't know if we'll we'll talk really fast and we'll get through that, or we'll do it over two shows. Yeah, we'll do the first half of the season, second half, whatever. Um, that's the fun about having these sorts of, uh, t- artificial time limits. Now, now we're pressed against the clock and, uh, and, and off the races. So, okay. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. I'm at NWC Hawk. The show is at Hawk playbook. Seahawksplaybook.com has all the shows. Find us on YouTube. 
on your favorite pa- uh, podcast platform. And until next show, go, go Hawks. Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.